0: Here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. If you go to that link, you wind up at our homepage. At the homepage, if you choose the second link below the big picture of the microphone that I'm talking on right now, you will hit our radio loop. And our radio loop is exactly what it sounds like. Well, you know, if maybe you don't understand. What's, what's a radio, what's a looping radio? Well, yeah, what it sounds like will make more sense when I explain it. And uh, it, it's nothing more than the show you're listening to right now being played in a constant loop on a separate computer of its own choice, uh, where it is using special software to play over and over, and that computer, through the miracle of technology, is connected to a local uh, modem, which in turn finds its way through the Ethernet to a server, which in turn blasts this uh, show out to anyone with Internet or or we- web technology, anyone who who can access anything on the web, and you get to hear center-left radio. The alternative, of course, is to basically listen. I guess it's becoming the good old-fashioned way... Yeah, I suppose that's what you have to call it, uh, listening to a podcast. And we are available as a podcast. In fact, whatever show is currently up on the radio loop, well, that's the first show on the top of our podcast list. And you access that list once again by going to www.centerlefttalkradio.com. And that will take you the first link. Uh, on that page. Not the second. The second is the radio loop. The first link on the page takes you to our lists of podcasts. And if you don't want to get your podcast from there, well, pick up our podcast wherever you pick up your podcast. Just look for Center Left Radio. Um... Since last we spoke, and that would have been, our our last show would have been last Tuesday, it was the the massacre at Uvalde, uh, Texas, that took place, I guess it must have happened just after the, uh, just after our show went live on Tuesday. And as anyone keeping up with the news in any way, shape, or form is is only too well aware by now, Um, the 19 little kids that were killed and the two teachers that were killed, the circumstances surrounding that are absolutely horrible, but worse than the ease with which some 18-year-old with apparently undetected severe mental issues was able to simply walk in and buy a couple of AR-15s uh, to celebrate his 18th birthday with no real background check of any kind whatsoever and uh, something like, I don't know, 350 rounds of ammunition all set to have a, a fun afternoon of letting out his, his psychic frustrations and and insane ideations and everything else, uh, where else but on a small grammar school. Uh, all of that, as horrible as that is, is in many ways swamped by the sheer ineptitude of the local authorities in Uvalde, which is further exacerbated by the obvious string of lies that has been put out by the Uvalde and other uh, police sources to cover one misstatement, one lie, one inaccuracy after the next, all of it pointing to the same thing. No one wanted to confront this guy. People, police officers, armed officers who could have gone in and confronted this guy did not confront him for nearly an hour after he entered the school. And, and, and this is after initial reports were suggesting... That there was confrontation with this guy, uh, the the murderer, uh, by some school safety official, before he entered the school. It winds up this school safety official didn't exist, or so it seems now. So there was a, an outright lie there. Uh, sorry, a a, a a a lack of information uh, preliminary information no but but come on. Uh, then there was well you know when the police were there and they showed up, oh they must have shown up they, they probably managed to get there now it seems somewhere within about 15 minutes of the time that this guy enters the school finally oh through an unlocked door now it appears um, and and starts shooting, Or or sounds are heard of gunshots uh, immediately. In fact, there had been shots before he entered the school. He shot at two people standing across the street in front of a funeral parlor. So we know the guy is obviously up to no good and is prepared to fire his automatic weapon. We know all that already. But yesterday's news conference, at yesterday's news conference, whoever this uh, guy in a uniform is, uh, is he Uvalde? Is he, I don't know, who the hell he is. I, I think now they're probably at the point of, who, who, who's turning the boxes today? Who has to change the story again? Because there'll be another news conference to that effect. But this guy says well, you know, we yeah, we had police there and everything, but they had to wait for SWAT teams and, and precision uh, rifle people and they had to wait for all kinds of tactical groups and everything to show up. They couldn't just go in the school and oh, by the way, they were negotiating Negotiating, and and within that statement, it was a pretty. I, I caught this, and they they've been playing it again and again on air. Within just that statement, the 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 sheer ridiculousness, the ineptitude of everyone and everything down there, everybody with all their guns and all of their ability to overcome and, and we got guns because we can get the bad guy, that whole that whole Texan and, and so NRA-ish kind of uh, mentality, all just crumbles on you. Because, you see, the rule of thumb, since Columbine even we're talking, what, 20 years ago now, is that you don't wait around for the negotiators. The moment there has been, and the moment there is an active shooter situation, and this was an active shooter situation before this kid even entered the school, but the moment you know there's an active shooter situation, you go in and you make contact. You go for this person. You basically are out to get this person. You know, and by the way, they knew already by then that there had been shots fired within the school. The the net net of all this is that nearly an hour goes by with police standing outside and parents begging For the right to allow them to go in and try to get their own children out, and the police, there's one video of the police literally pushing parents away, physically shoving them back from saying, don't you dare go in or don't you dare try to save your own children. Oh, no, 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 don't do that. An hour goes by before these tactical squads finally show up all in their bulletproof vests, storm the school, and shoot the guy dead. Whether they took any fire at all, I I don't know. That story is probably going to change again, and we'll hear it change this time around, too. What does the NRA, who was about to hold their convention in Houston, I think starting Tonight or tomorrow, I think tonight it starts, Uh, they're about to hold their annual convention in Houston. Perfect timing, NRA. You couldn't have done a better job than that. What do they have to say about this? Well, we should be arming the teachers. We should be giving the teachers guns. You see, if you give the teachers guns... Well then when the gunman gets into the classroom the teacher who will probably have the gun as a sidearm i assume or will it be or will they be will they have a shouldered AR15 over their back it, it, you see they can then instantly raise their weapon and begin firing at Do you understand the insanity of that within the context of everything that wasn't done or was lied about in what we know about this story so far? The people who were supposed to protect these kids, who were supposed to, didn't. And so now the National Rifle Association, God bless them, in their bankrupt idiocy... And they're still with their belief that they somehow have all kinds of political power. They couldn't get out of chapter, uh, whatever, chapter 7, is it, that they tried to go for. So they're in the middle. They're, they're, they're still damn near to non-existence at this point. But they have power because people give them power. But in their wisdom, when, when, when all else fails, just add more guns to the equation. That's all you have to do. You don't have to talk about it. And Greg Abbott, when he spoke about this, not a word about keeping that gun out of the hands of the 18 year old with the, for whatever reason, undisclosed, at least undetected, severe mental problems. so So far as we know, Uh, and there may be, as we do some more, as more research is done here, we find that this kid had major problems. Clearly, anyone who was going to go buy two AR AR-15s and 350 rounds with the intent to kill a bunch of people. Clearly, they have mental problems, and any kind of a reasonable background check is going to overturn or up or turn up something about this person. But no, we 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 just we can't do that. You see, we we we've got we've got uh, Roe v. Wade. Uh, that we're about to overturn. We're about to destroy a woman's right to protect her own body. We're about to take back a 50-year rule. We're about to declare stare decisis the bedrock of the Supreme Court of the United States, the, the adherence to, um, to, uh, to precedent and changing only under severe circumstances that that would require that, and never in the history of the country removing a right before. No, we're about to throw that out the window in a 5-4 decision Three of the people voting being Donald Trump appointees who were only going to get on the court if they secretly promised that they would overturn Roe v. Wade. And basically, when they probably said, But what happens during my confirmation hearing? And I have to basically lie about it. And I'm sure Donald or someone on his staff made no bones about the fact. But well, you lie. I mean, that's what we do here. You lie, and you go ahead and you do it anyway, and then you dare people to do something about it because that's Donald's way. And if Donald can do it, you can do it. And you see, he gets away with everything and has so far, so... Don't worry about it, future Supreme Court justice. No one really believes the court is basically objective. No one believes the court is fair. This is just basically saying, yeah, this is what I knew all along. Oh, well, what's for dinner, hon? No. No, that's not what's happening this time, you see. Uh, The credibility of the court is going to hell. And with it, the credibility of one of the three major legs of the stool of government—the the judiciary, the the uh, the Congress, and the presidency—this this this, this uh, checks and balance system set up really winds up being meaningless. Uh, the Supreme Court has just been declared to be totally politicized. But there's 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 a weird advantage. How to oh, advantage? That's. That's not the right word. There's, a, there's an opportunity here, and it's an ironic opportunity. It's, it's a chance to do something that comes from the stupidity that, that basically is based in the foolishness, the idiocy of, of basically getting rid of starry decisis. If you're going to get rid of starry decisis, in order to politically overturn Roe v. Wade. Then what the hell? While we're at it, let's get rid of the Heller case. Oh, the Heller case, you ask, yeah. Heller versus D.C. was a... Uh, <coughs> it was a it was a case that was being brought... Uh, it was a local case in, 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 in the District of Columbia that basically was an effort... To prohibit, to prohibit uh, gun sales or the possess. It was a, it was, it was a, a, a pretty strict law that was being passed by uh, District of Columbia that really, really knocked the hell out of uh, the right to own guns, handguns, any kind of guns. It was, it was, it was. In other words, it was a rational law. It was, it was a law that basically said, look, you know, uh, the, the Second Amendment uh, exists, exists, was written all about uh, the right to own guns so that we could have a militia, and militias being the only way to protect the country. And the history of all that, obviously, had to do with with our very recent experience of having the British uh, taking away weapons, and the British with the weapons, therefore, being able to handle everything and making it impossible for the colonists to protect themselves. So, specifically, the Second Amendment to the Constitution says, in order to maintain a militia Congress shall pass no law prohibiting the rights of individuals to to own weapons, to maintain a militia for the purpose of, and everybody obviously knew what that purpose was, to keep the country safe from people who would take it away from us by force of arms. It was very specific to the times. When, when Scalia wrote the what became the majority opinion for the Heller case, which finally hit the Supreme Court, he conveniently ignored, virtually ignored, the clear, plain, and obvious meaning of militia. A militia being necessary for the history that went with it. It was just thrown aside. You see, no, no, no. That, that that was superfluous language," said Justice Scalia. In essence, the, the 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 founding fathers just sort of, it. They could have said, "It being a nice sunny day today," and. And amendments concerning the possession of arms always being fun to deal with on bright sunny days. Congress shall pass no. It, it it would have had the same effect, according to when when you when you pull it all apart when you read the decision. That's how nuts the Heller decision was. It was it was dumb. It was meaningless, and not only did the the Scalia decision simply stop the D.C. law, no, 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 it went much further. It it, It said that basically the Second Amendment gives everyone the right to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How? Well, there's no reasoning. There's no logic being uh, being driven by the language of the Second Amendment, there's nothing there. There's nothing but an arrogant usurpation of the language of the Second Amendment to reach a conclusion that Anyone in their right mind can see is not there. You literally have to see the king's new clothes in order to reach the conclusion that Scalia and the majority reached in Heller. It was absolutely horrible. And what it did was it said, now, come on, boys, everybody get out there and everybody buy a gun. Not only do we recognize that we have to start going in, not only do we not recognize that we need to go in another direction, in the direction of getting rid of guns. No, as a matter of fact, we've missed a golden opportunity for something like 200 years and change here, boys, to really go out there and encourage Americans to all own guns guns. That's what the founding fathers had in mind. They were looking forward 240 years and saying, by God, once we've invented assault weapons, once we've found a way to get past the M15s and 16s from Vietnam that used to jam and drive kids crazy and they were too heavy and everything else and once we've designed a weapon that's lighter with a lower caliber and far more deadly than than the M16 could ever be, once we have those, once we've created killing weapons like that, well, we need to get them in the hands of 18-year-olds who want to celebrate their birthday and whose brains are complete putty. That is the stupidity. That is the ignorance. That is the level of arrogance that exists in this country that basically was supported by Heller and that is still touted by an organization called the National Rifle Association, which means, therefore, it is touted by virtually everyone in the Republican Party because they're scared to death, so they say, of their primary voters. Now, there, there was a there, there was a um, a little snippet of something. Somebody managed to actually get a, uh, a Republican senator to respond honestly. Um, well, there were two interviews that are worth remembering. One is with Ted Cruz, and Cruz being a complete flaming, I mean, just, just fire-belching asshole, basically went through this argument about, he was talking, a British reporter confronted him somewhere, found him, and began asking him, why only in America does this happen? Well, you know, America is where people still (laughs) want... Ted Cruz went on, you know, and bloviated about, people want to come here, yes, yes, said the British reporter, but only in America do you have mass shootings, mass killings of this sort. That can't be something that you want to sustain. Why don't you do something about it? Well, you know, you can't, you know, if the Democrats, if any Democrat law that would have passed would have never changed... And, and on and on bullshitting, lying, on and on, anything, just anything, saying anything, and finally, of course, turning and running away from the reporter. That's that's the that's the frightened That's the frightened response to this. That's the, I need to keep my NRA score at an A-plus level, even though the NRA is a bankrupt, sick organization, but somehow we find comfort in it. That's that. Now, Ted is supposed to be speaking at the NRA conference, by the way, so nothing bad could be said about guns, of course. You simply have to point to the Democrats and say nothing the Democrats could have done would have changed that. Total crock of shit, obviously. You basically get rid of assault weapons. You stop that kid from having purchased that rifle in the first place. And, well, there's all sorts of steps you take on that. You also basically make sure that you actually have school safety people in place, that the doors are locked, that basically the police who show up that are a bunch of clowns who are thinking that their job is to wait for someone else to come and help them out and don't understand that that particular sort of protocol went out of fashion after Columbine, that once there has been engagement, you engage and you invade, that you don't negotiate after the shooter has begun shooting. All of these things are common sense police 101 practice. And all of that was ignored or let go of or basically some excuse was found not to have to go in and endanger themselves. That's how I read this situation. And all of the talk and all of the crap about putting more guns into the hands of teacher is nothing but that. A load of crap. And it's been shown for what it is. So much so... That one Greg Abbott, the I'll do anything to be mean and nasty and take away your rights and you'll applaud me for it because I'll make it a culture war issue even if it affects you. Yes, that Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott has canceled his live appearance before the NRA convention this weekend. However, at present at present we are told because these these things are are changing constantly at present we are told he is uh, they are talking about uh, he he has to get back down to uvalde to uh I, I don't know is he going to officiate at funerals i i have no idea what his purpose would be in uvalde other than to uh obfuscate and and to cover up and to say anything and and to and to sound like he's feeling all sorts of of sadness and and to talk about how crazy and why don't we have mental health laws but of course not to have in, not to have enforceable red flag laws really strong red flag laws or maybe maybe. I don't know, maybe he'll give into that a bit. But one way or the other, it won't be the guns. It'll never be guns. And that will be the most glaring thing in the world. Somehow there's talk that he's going to record something from Uvalde that will be shown at the NRA convention. This is an interesting one. This one, this should be interesting. How do you use... The, the school where 19, uh, nine-year-old children have just been viciously murdered, blown up, by the munitions from, from an AR-15, uh, by a deranged 18-year-old, how, how do you use that as a backdrop and the story of what has just happened? How do you put that behind you and deliver a message to an organization whose sole purpose is the dissemination of guns to the widest possible population of this country? How, how do you do that? with with the deaths of 21 people fresh on everybody's mind with all the lying, with all the the misstatements that have been going around ever since that happened. How the hell do you take that and drop a message on it which then is applicable and useful for the NRA? Maybe it's something to make the NRA feel better about itself. Is, Is it some way that the NRA can rationalize itself? Hey guys, look, I know that maybe some of you actually feel a little bad about about what happened but here's a way of, of thinking about it or if not thinking at least here's a way of talking about all of this that'll make you feel better about yourself and and maybe convince a few other assholes out there to go along with your way of thinking because they're incapable of thinking anything so, but so 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 I'll, I'll come up with something that's my best guess for what Greg Abbott is going to attempt to do with his Ovalde as backdrop message phoned in, taped in to the NRA. Now, so far as we know, so far as we know, uh, Ted Cruz, who's too stupid not to go, uh, stupid. He, yeah, I don't care that he's a Harvard grad or anything else. He's emotionally dense and dumb and basically has gotten away with it because there are people who are frightened and angry. And he has learned how to play into people's fears and angers. Fine. And the other, the, 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 the big kahuna of all that, of course, Donald. Donald is scheduled to show up there. And Donald, Donald does things on dares one way or the other. So I, I, I fully expect him to show. But there, there's, there's something else a brewing here. And if, if Roe v. Wade wasn't enough to finally get Democratic voters going, you know, there have been a number of primaries lately, and a lot of these Republican primaries have, have captured the imagination of a lot of people, Republicans anyway, around the country, because they pit Trump candidates against semi-rational Republicans and the Trump candidates invariably are the most egregious and craziest and loudest and what it's it, they their Donald it's, it's 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 and again it's not caring about the fact that there will be legislation or total lack of legislation it's just making sure that there's anger and grievance expressed and and basically to cripple hobble uh, the Congress I think in Donald's mind to be just Mary very, very much like what he did with the Supreme Court to get Roe v. Wade or at least we're on the verge of Roe v. Wade being officially overturned same thing with the Congress, get enough assholes in there, and essentially the Congress will become meaningless and give me whatever the hell I want. The last time around he learned that even when he had Republican Congress, he couldn't get everything that he wanted. He needs more clowns. He needs more jerks. He needs assholes. He needs he needs totally incompetent people. He needs over the edge conspiracy theorists. He needs QAnon loving, kissing, horn wearing, uh, uh, fur fur draped nutjobs, basically out there who basically will say, yeah, Donald, whatever the hell you want, take whatever you need for your next project, go ahead and, and cover up whatever you need to cover up, change all the laws about presidential records, retrospectively pardon yourself and everyone else, whatever. This is, this is kind of where this clown is going with all this. That's how he sees, this is what he sees in, in his future. And especially knowing that there is a major push now beginning to take place within the state of Georgia uh, for his criminal prosecution uh, relative to uh, essentially uh, forcing or attempting to force Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, who has been renominated to his position, which is to say, virtually certain that he will once again be the Georgia Secretary of State, unless, of course, Stacey Abrams should take out. Um, the sitting governor, Brian Kemp, Republican, who is no great uh, lover of liberty and freedoms and voting rights and all that other fine stuff. But we'll, we'll have to see where all this goes. But the bottom, bottom line is here, I think Donald will find a way and a reason and an opportunity to show up for the NRA sometime this weekend to tell them w- what what well, to tell them that they're right and that everyone else is wrong and that more guns is the answer and that and that America will be a safer place if guns are in everyone's possession or or, or some kind of crap like that. He will of course carefully, skillfully and he's good at this. He's oh, he's good at this. Be careful not to say anything that might put him in a uh, criminal uh, situation that might suggest that he favored the uh, actions of the 18-year-old who shot and killed 21 people. Uh, he'll, 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 he'll always know how to do that. Donald does this reflexively. This is part of the bizarre game his brain plays, this constant, uh, adversarial game with lawyers, you know, being the chess pieces on the board and them always protecting him. Donald desperately is going to need the presidency in order to get himself out of at least the Georgia situation, and most likely, I think, uh, the Department of Justice situation that is following or will follow the House hearings uh, of the January 6th commission, which will be taking place next month. He is going to be in a difficult way so that if if Democrats don't make a big showing, I made this point on the last show and I think I'm going to keep making it again and again. And by the way, I'm not going to make much more than this point right now because it is Friday and, and although the last couple of weeks, I know uh, David has not been unavailable, but it is Friday, the 27th of May, and David is going to be with us this morning. So let me make this point. And, and then we'll go to break, and then uh, essentially you'll get to hear David, and I know that's what many people come to our Friday show uh, wanting to hear. I, 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 I would hope you don't mind listening to me a bit, but David is uh, certainly uh, a very good reason to come to Central Left Radio on Friday. Here's the point. Donald has only one chance at survival— And that chance comes through his overrule, his finally forgiving himself for everything he's ever done, as the uh, as the indictments come down, the real indictments, not 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 the uh, not the impeachments, which basically were never going to go any place anyway. If the indict, when the indictments come, when at least one indictment comes down, federal indictment or state indictment, but a criminal indictment and it goes to trial, the only way out of that, Donald will lose that case and then there'll be appeals. The only way to get out of it and paying the price that is demanded of it will be if he forgives himself, but he can only do that through a Republican president or himself. As Republican president. If Donald doesn't get enough of a pushback on November, this coming November, during the midterms, he will undoubtedly, undoubtedly be the nominee for president of the Republican Party. If that's the case, he will lose. He will lose far worse than he lost against Joe Biden, whoever the Democrats put up this time around. That's, that's a fact. The, everything concerning Roe v. Wade, everything concerning Heller, that's all going to be in the political bloodstream. And one way or the other, if they have to bring Joe Biden out on a stretcher to run against, uh, to run against uh, Donald, Donald will lose. The numbers will be against him. He will lose the Electoral College. At which point... He will go for an insurrection and start the whole lie thing because he's going to be running on... You have to understand, you have to understand, Donald can't give up grievance at all, okay? So no matter what leads to his becoming the nominee of the party... The major issue will be his grievance about having the 2020 election taken away from him. He'll have people telling him everywhere, Donald, shut the hell up, you jerk. Stop talking about that. And he will then double down and triple down and quadruple down, and it'll be you owe this to me, and I'm taking back what we should have had all along, and he will basically reduce his base to a smaller and smaller and more concentrated looney tune group that's what's going to happen here he will not be able to resist running the 2020 election or to perpetuate everything and all the lies that he said ever since because they're gonna be thrown at him the entire time so he has no choice but to double and triple and quadruple down as much as a clown show as it turns it into he's gonna lose that election period simple then What happens is the scary part. Then he must push for an insurrection, then it feels like the damned end of the line to all the wackos who are supporting him, who are hugging their AR-15s, who basically think the NRA is the best thing that ever happened, who basically can't imagine that anyone or anything could have or should have stopped that 18-year-old from buying a gun to celebrate his 18th birthday and prepare to kill 21 people in Uvalde, Texas this past Tuesday. People who are scared to death. Nothing on earth is more frightened than the Republican Party and the Republican base. These are the most frightened human beings on earth. We talk about Democrats being frightened. No. To, to, to harbor this level of anger, this level of fear, this level, this level of, of grievance to be willing to do anything, to literally cut off your own nose, to spite your face, to basically throw the country away. This is pure 1920s Germany. This is this is the rise of Mussolini in Italy. This is exactly how all this crap went down. People who should know better, not knowing better, basically who are being allowed to be fed grievance. We are basically re-experiencing the early 20th century as an ultimate took us up to 1938 and 39. This is what we're doing in this country right now. And we have to yell it and scream it and remind ourselves and tell ourselves again and again we are repeating our past. There are a group of people out there with a 12th century mentality about the world and basically who have a stranglehold on our entire governmental system. We have a 90% favorability in this country concerning the passage of some reasonable national background checks, reasonable red flag laws, 90%, it's up there, 10% of the country 10% of the country is holding 90% hostage because Republican senators and congresspeople are scared to death that they might have a hard time in their primary. And that little 10% out there, that's enough to scare them away. That's enough, basically, to hold the rest of us hostage, to have our kids and our grandchildren hostage in grammar schools and high schools around the country, to have people on the street with guns everywhere, to be afraid to go on a subway, train to have people basically feel that they can go ahead and with impunity use guns to settle every fight and thought that they ever imagined having, throwing it all in the hands of the cops because we don't have the guts to stop this madness, to go Australian, to go New Zealand. To basically outlaw this crap once and for all because it's unnecessary. It's all out there, we know how it works, and we have to basically take the money and the power away from the gun lobby to make it work. But we're so frightened, or at least the Republicans are so frightened. That they'll even trade the safety of their children and grandchildren and mothers and daughters and brothers and fathers and uncles and cousins. They'll trade all that for the fear that they might basically do poorly in a primary challenge. They'll trade the country They'll throw it away. They'll allow carnage and bloodshed to just go all over because they might not do as well as they would otherwise hope to do in an election. Their job, their job security, is more important than your life, my life, our children's life. And their job security depends on they think, supporting and sustaining the fantasies of the wacko fringe of the Republican Party, of the Trump wing of the party. They can't get away from this. They will, it will change, but what will it take to change? Arguably it took World War II to change what was going on in Germany and Italy, what will it take to change what is happening in America right now? How much, how much foresight can we exercise, how much knowledge of the past can we finally inject to our activities in the present to change what's going on now, what's we're clearly Is going on? What clearly is a situation that is affecting a group of people, Republicans in Congress, that are scared to death to act in any meaningful way? What will it take to get us past this bizarre moment where nothing seems to be doable? What will it take? I think, um, I think at a minimum, it'll take uh, to, uh, sitting back for a bit and uh, a little Friday jazz. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Center Left Radio, thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. And you're listening to us on the web at One word centerlefttalkradio.com that means you're either listening to us as a radio loop or as a podcast Uh, one way or the other the most recent radio loop uh, will be the podcast at the top of the list. If that doesn't make sense, well, go back and figure out how it is that you happen to be listening to us right now anyway, because the likelihood is you picked us up by one of the two links at www.centraleftalkradio.com, or you may have found us uh at your own uh... podcast source and in that case you found us under center left radio one way or the other uh it's Friday and I get to ask my I I I I hold back this question. I, I practice it in my sleep, in my dreams. I, I am constantly running this through my head because I know that on the other side of this question, some really neat stuff tends to happen. Okay, practice is over. Here comes real time. David, what's on your mind?
1: Well, there's a lot, um, and if you want to hear more, you can listen to me on Twitch.tv at FreshFacesNewIdeas, uh, or you can follow me on Twitter at FacesIdeas. Um, so obviously, Texas is the biggest story, but yeah, there's a couple yeah. other stories that went uh, that are worth mentioning that went under the radar. Um, there's two January 6th ones, and then there's the Supreme Court ruling. Now, um, because I have a, I don't have a law background, I'm not entirely sure how, how devastating the Supreme Court ruling is, um, but it seems bad. Uh, so the Supreme Court, as far as I can read and understand the lawyers, basically ruled that if you have an incompetent lawyer, or they, they don't do their job correctly, there's like evidence that they don't ask for or things like that, and you can prove that, and that would change your, um, the outcome of your case. Like uh, the, the case in front of the Supreme Court was two death row inmates. Um, the Supreme Court basically said, no, you can't You can't appeal that anymore because it's a waste of time. And we have to assume once justice is merited, justice is merited, and it doesn't matter whether it's right or not. Is that correct? Uh, I believe
0: that's the general—but the, the, let, me, let me just respond. Whether or not that's correct in the way the ruling was written, let me respond basically to the notion that incompetent counsel is tough luck on the litigant. That's not the case in America, and, uh, but you would have to declare. The important thing is that as part of your request for a retrial, okay, in an appeal situation, competence of an attorney would have to be made one of the issues, or, quite frankly, the judge in a trial can make it an issue right there. But uh, provided that the appealing party from the get-go from the, at, the, at the first appeal level basically says competence of the attorney basically uh, is something that we're claiming uh, was uh, because we failed to get in evidence, et cetera, et cetera. That is absolutely appealable and absolutely something that has to be uh, dealt with. If the court said otherwise, then it basically is, this is as bad as getting rid of stare decisis.
1: Okay. It, it's just good to know that like they, they just don't care about anything um, and they're, and they're just going to take all the rules away. They're going to make everything into a dystopian hellhole. That's, that's, it's good to know that that's where we're just yeah, in this yeah. yeah.
0: If, if, that, if what you just gave me is, in fact, what they're talking about, then this a dystopian t- hellhole wouldn't be a, would be a fairly accurate way of describing this. If, but I would have to look at, this, I'd have to look at the, the, uh, the ruling a little bit more carefully. But dystopian t- hellhole, yeah, I would go with that sort of on a temporary basis until I, do, I read the, the full opinion.
1: Okay, all right. Well, then let's talk about the January sixth stuff, and then we'll get into the the shooting. Yeah. Um. So January sixth, there there was two big stories. Um, one is that apparently people close to Mark Meadows, because again, Mark Meadows is one of the dumbest people to do this. Yeah. Uh. Because he decided I'm going to help work out with them and a. Um. Uh, uh, and testify for a little bit, and then I'm gonna not do that anymore because apparently he thought oh if i give them all these documents they just won't have the documents after i say i'm not helping anymore um so there's that uh but according to testimony donald trump was okay with the hanging of mike pence
0: yeah that's what i'd heard yeah yeah
1: which certainly makes it awkward if mike pence wants to run to be the head of the hang mike pence party (laughs) And also, if this is true, (laughs) how spineless is the rest of the GOP? He was willing to have his own vice president murdered in order to keep power. What makes you think he would have any loyalty to literally anybody else?
0: Exactly. Uh, Exactly. The fear driving this party... The, the the and the fear of course results in irrationality and irrational thought processes irrational decisions is it becomes it's it's almost exquisite that that that's how how abysmal how how insane how how beyond whatever comes way past ir- ironic this whole process of the republican party is about these people are scared to death of this little minority that basically flexes its muscles during midterm primaries. This is when you, this is when Republicans are taught how to fear the most. This is why Donald jumped in on all this. And apparently it's having, it's having a reasonable effect there. What's Donald batting? Something like about 600 right now, a little bit around 500 in terms of his candidates versus others. But of course, it's all about Donald. That's all that matters well, in the end.
1: It depends on where. So yeah. yeah. In Georgia, he lost all three of the big ones except for Herschel Walker. Um, and, I mean, he's he's doing well in the Senate primaries. Yeah. Uh, yeah. J.D. Vance, won- he basically revived J.D. Vance's career. Uh, Herschel Walker won pretty easily. Um, Dr. Oz, is f- the last update I heard, is one. I believe he won, but I think they're still counting the mail-in ballots.
0: Yeah, 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 um,
1: yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene won, but Madison Cawthorn lost. yeah uh so it's yeah it's about that it depends but like the fact that he got wiped out in in these in Rathersburger and Kemp yeah is a big deal yeah, yeah 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 oh and another uh two more under the radar stories um did you hear what happened in the Michigan primary for the Republicans
0: you know I I heard I heard a I, I think I might have somewhere in the back of my mind I I picked up on some story but it's not
1: registering tell us about it There's ten of them. Five of them have been, uh, ah, yes, 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 yes.
0: Go on, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Because between the five of them, there was sixty-eight thousand improper or forged uh, signatures. Yeah, yeah. To get them onto the ballot, sixty-eight thousand is essentially the difference between Donald Trump and Joe Biden in the last presidential election. Yeah, that many forged ballots. In one state.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you know, but when 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 the, when the rules no longer exist because we know we're going to lose, so we have to cheat. When that becomes when that is the rule, well, this is what people do. It's 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 sick. Wow. So that did
1: half the people get kicked off the ballot? Did the, the, the I most... think half of them have been removed from the ballot.
0: Yeah. Geez. Well, that you know, I guess it makes it easier in terms of the primarying. When is the actual
1: primary? Uh, for Michigan I don't know yeah yeah
0: should be interesting to check out it's you know
1: the usual um, crap uh also there is um this this is a this was a just a video there is a there's a this will be good because we'll go from this into from more Texas into Texas yeah there is a video of a pastor somewhere in Texas talking about how he's upset that his city is doing pride that um Basi- and then that's where it starts. Uh-huh. Where he goes from there is that homosexuality is a sin. Uh huh. That we shouldn't be promoting something that used to be illegal. Uh-huh. And that even in it, he says that even though the Supreme Court has ruled that it, that, that law was unconstitutional. And that uh-huh. we should be killing these people because that's what it says in the bible kill, kill. The he actually
0: eat. said killing
1: killing yeah seriously that word he used that word um <laughs> Yeah, I think he used directly that word. I have to double check, but it was if it wasn't explicitly said, it was implied. Yeah,
0: publicly. yeah, that, that, and the, the
1: people in that room were cheering for it.
0: It's divine. It, it's divine retribution or something along those lines. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, the, so, the type of things you do with guns, you know, the, the, the well, no, the guns don't do it. People do it. But what the hell?
1: The okay. The thing yeah. to remember this is, you cannot live in a country with these people because they see LGBTQ people. As, at best, second-class citizens, at worst, inhuman and deserve to be killed. Like, yeah. I don't understand. Like, if you're an LGBTQ plus person mm-hmm. in Texas, I don't know what you're supposed to do with, it, with that information. Yeah. Like, how, do yeah. You, how do you – how do you – like, you cannot have a re- – like, I was talking to somebody about this, and they're like, oh, you know, Democrats and Republicans used to come together, and now they don't. And I was like, Yeah. I'm not going to have a conversation with somebody and try to equal common ground to somebody whose starting point is they're inhuman. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's sort of in like the, yeah, yeah. We yeah. have to, and this is this is a, a talking point hacks do from time to time. They say, oh, you know, um, big banks and all of this stuff and wealth inequality is so bad. Just just ignore the racism, ignore the homophobia, ignore that stuff yeah. in order to deal with the big problems. It's like, if I have to solve wealth inequality but all the gay people have to become second-class citizens that's also not a solution
0: right right I mean this this is Germany 1932 is is what 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 I'm hearing down there in Texas that mindset and uh, and and of course we're back to the old those who do not learn from history are are destined to repeat it Uh, as far as whether or not you can have a conversation with these people I'm learning more and more no the answer to that is no you simply say, we, there's nothing to talk about here. If you begin with that mindset that these people are subhuman, that they are unworthy of respect, that basically they deserve some form of divine or retribution to be carried out by human hands, of course, uh, then there is no conversation. There basically is, uh, there is a threat and there is an effort to uh, disarm or to basically neutralize the people who would otherwise be doing this. I, I totally agree with you, Dave, but there's no real conversation to be had here.
1: So now let's get to the shooting. Yeah. So when you talk about not learning from the past, we are about 10 years out from Sandy Hook. Yeah, about We're that. About yeah. 27 years out, 30, uh, almost 30 years out from... Uh, Columbine. From Col- wow, is it that? Yeah, it's that long. Columbine was '99. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, we had the second. We had one of the largest mass shootings in American history. Now, everything about this story is bad, and it is only going to get worse because it has become blatantly clear that the police did about everything wrong that they possibly could have yep. in this situation. Yep, yep, yep. Up to and including the possibility this is because of their own statements now that they might have actually killed kids. Yeah, yeah. Now, there's a possibility that we don't know. Yeah. Now, a lot yeah. of this stuff is still unfolded. So what do we know? We know this person went in and killed 19 children and two teachers. 21 people died. We do know that there was an armed resource, resource officer there. We do know that this um, that the school was hardened, that there was people there. Basically, everything that they advocate for, short of arming teachers, happened at that school, and the school shooting still happened. Now, there's a couple of things that are just incredibly, incredibly uh, frustrating about this. One, they're still their new talking point is doors. They said, well, what if you only have one locked door? I was, <laughs> and I was like, okay, let's give them the best case scenario. The best case scenario, they don't mean literally one door. The best case scenario is they mean you have one entrance in and out of the building that um, during the day, but there's other exits and stuff in case of an emergency. Right. That entrance would also allow for slow down times for entering and exits when the kids are coming and going and also gives any potential shooters the ability to find a time when they know there'll be a, the mass amount of people. Right, of course. Now, the worst case scenario is this becomes a prison. That's that's It's a single entrance building and that's how we end up with uh, the Triangle shirtway, uh fire Right. because there's only one way in and out and it's locked. Yeah. That seems like the thing that they're going for. Now I don't know if you saw this, but there was a clip from Fox News that of them arguing 50 different ways to stop this. Um, none of them are gun control.
0: Yeah, that's that, well. That's 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 the thing that struck me about. I, I've I've caught the uh, the information. I caught that inter that interaction. Let's call it between. Uh, well, I, I caught first what what uh what uh, Ted Cruz was saying Greg Abbott both saying crocodile tears how bad we feel all oh, these sick people not a damn word about gun control i was fascinated by the confrontation and i'd have to call it that between the british reporter and they and they and they take no prisoners on this and Ted Cruz not being able to do a damn thing to basically uh you know, nothing convincing. He, he, he total, sounded like a total jerk and, of course, then had to just simply walk away. How could this only happen in America, Senator? Um, well, other people want to come here. Yes. How come this only happens in America? Well, we're—and and then he runs off. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no. This, so there's, there's a couple of other things. Um, so, one, uh, this only happens in America. Now there's a statistic that I that I talk about this because this is the way you have to frame it because the people who argue against this stuff are just, they're just govins. Um The the idea that you can have zero of mass shootings or zero shootings by having gun laws is not an it's not a realistic thing in the same way zero COVID is not a realistic right. possibility. Right. But. In this country, we average about 1.3 mass shootings a day. Those are just mass shootings. Yeah. A mass shooting is defined as four or more people besides the shooter hurt or killed. So it's we average round. 1.3 of those a day. Wow. Wow. What if I told you and let's, and, and keep in mind that breadth of a mass shooting, it's um it's only one thing. So four people getting shot is a mass shooting. But what happened in Vegas, where 500 get people got shot, is also classified as a mass shooting.
0: Oh, so, so yeah, okay, so we don't distinguish. Jeez, right. y- you'd think by now we'd at least have the decency to distinguish our mass shootings.
1: Okay, yeah. So, the argument I make is, let's just take the, the baseline scenario for this. That every single day there is a mass shooting, and only four people are hurt. Just just the baseline. Right. If we got it down by gun laws to having just a regular shooting. So at the most, three people hurt. Yeah. The baseline assumption for that is we save from injury or death at least 365 people a year. Yeah. OK. That's, OK. That's a I ba- I don't believe that's too much to ask. To, to try to go to accomplish because we're more likely to end up with two a day than we are with less than one at the rate we're going. Oh boy, um, it's it's, so it's, a, cra- it's a crazy it's a crazy.
0: It you you realize I mean you know is is. As bizarrely rational, uh, what you're saying is, it's also kind of tongue-in-cheek because the real solution, of course, is get the hell rid of guns. I mean, that's that's the real answer here. Well, that's not
1: that's not the only answer.
0: That's right. Well, it's thing. a start. It's uh, right. you start you start with uh, assault weapons, of course. You know, you and then you work your way backwards from there, and you and you don't grandfather people in, and you have higher qu- requirements for who has to have a gun, and all these other background checks, and how frequent, and who actually can sell a gun and the whole uh you know gun show loop well i'm if i'm jumping into your stuff forgive me but yeah of course it's not a one a one shot and out situation of course I and agree also
1: with like the idea that we can get all the guns is is insane so i was listening to this stat yeah if you had a person who was born and every minute of their life they confiscated one firearm how many years after they died if they lived to 100 would they get all the firearms do you know
0: it would be some outrageously large. in other words, if one years. if one person were attempting to confiscate no, no, no. all the firearms if, in America, yeah
1: no, no no. if a person if you measured this in a person's lifetime, Go ahead, you had a person who was from the day they were born till they lived to 100. Yeah and every minute of their life they got one gun was confiscated. How many years after they died, would we have gotten all the guns? away? When
0: you say one gun, all the guns being all the guns in circulation in America? Yeah, and it's so that would be one person accumulating no, 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 no. all it's these the guns. The person is
1: the measuring stick for the timeline.
0: Okay, all right. Okay, all right. It's 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 uh, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that. Okay, and so that would be what's that 300 million guns roughly are out there right now. So it'd be like that, 300 yeah. million minutes. I guess whatever the number of minutes is that is is what you're talking about here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's it's pretty sick. The, it's one the way entire looking
1: process at it. to do that would take 600 years.
0: Yeah. If one person – well, I mean, it's not
1: a – That's just the measuring
0: stick. Yeah. yeah, it's a but measuring That's stick.
1: how many guns – like, we're not going to do that. But we can do things like red flag laws. We can do things like closing the boyfriend loophole because that is a precursor in 60% of all shootings.
0: Yeah, yeah. We
1: have to change how gun culture is taught. We have to change how stand your ground is taught. We have to do these things. The number one cause of death among children is firearms.
0: Yeah. Really? I didn't realize that. Not, yeah, not childhood diseases. Firearms? firearms? 2020. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Th- that, that, that hits home. That's, that's sick. Boy, that's sick. Wow. Huh. David, obviously, we both know that the federal government at the federal level, at the Senate level... Um, there's been a lot of talk. Chris Dodd has been out there on the floor. He's been talking. He's been doing local stuff and everything. People are all riled up. I, I don't know that the, that, the, that the Senate has the balls or the brains or the guts or whatever 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 quality it is that they're supposed to have to do anything. They have lots of fear on the Republican side. We, of course, have Joe Manchin, which is his, our own version of fear. Uh, but, but clearly, something needs to be done. At a minimum, we have to get people excited enough about this. What, what do you think of the idea of putting, putting it out there that if you can get rid of Roe v. Wade, you can get rid of Heller? The Heller decision basically making uh, everybody in the country eligible to own a gun by a total misreading and misstatement of the Second Amendment, saying that militias really uh, are not even significant. They didn't even mean to say, they could have just said, well, it's a nice day, therefore everybody has a right to have a gun, Congress shall not pass any rule, blah, blah, blah. And, and this was with the, Scalia, with the Scalia decision in Heller. Uh, that they just ignored the language of the Second Amendment and simply went ahead and created a non-existent right uh, for all Americans. So that if you're going to destroy Starry Decisis to get rid of um, Roe v. Wade, let's 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 take the next step and get rid of Heller at the same time because it's
1: lousy law. What do you think of that? And we should run on that. Mis- I think it's a mistake to rely on the court's to help us in this situation. They're about to. They have a gun. Uh, case that they're going to rule on in a couple months and in all likelihood they're going to say that there's no no ability for the federal government to regulate. Well,
0: I, well what I, okay, what I'm talking about here, uh, obviously, is of, of, of course, Roe v. Wade is going to be a completely political decision. It's a disaster for the court. It, it, it destroys stare decisis. I'm saying what we have to do to get Democrats charged up enough to want to vote their asses off in 2022, uh, what what can the can Roe and Heller uh, do? What. Uh, so far i just don't seem to feel happening everybody seems depressed and 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 downtrodden but i don't get the sense that democratic voters are energized because that's the only thing that's going to keep the country from completely collapsing because if they're not energized and if the Democrat, and the republicans have a big win on both sides donald trump is the automatic candidate for 2024 and if that's the case the country dies because he won't be real he won't he won't be elected and then there's going to be well, then the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst scenarios begin to play out. So, to avoid that, the,
1: no, I think that the better answer is that, well, one, they actually do something because there are things that Joe Biden could just straight up do: legalize marijuana, child, uh, um, uh, student debt relief. You're talking
0: uh, about to get people to get people, you know, excited about voting Democratic in 2022. Right. you have yeah. to
1: build up the anger now. Yeah. One of the, the, the things that is that should be happening is one, the Senate should not be on vacation right now.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. What they should be doing is every day have big televised votes. Say exactly what you're doing. Every day vote on some type of gun control. Every single day vote on uh domestic terrorism, which they, they just blocked. Every day vote on the child tax credit. Every day vote on the um uh the, the price gouging bill from uh, for oil companies. Yeah. Everyday vote yeah. on the baby formula bill. Everyday vote on uh uh voters rights. Everyday vote on um uh, uh the uh what is it? The uh the civil rights uh law for for LGBTQ people. Yeah. Everyday vote on um uh some type of climate initiative. Just every single day vote on a thing. Everyday vote on covid relief. Every single day vote on these and point to the fact that every single bad thing that is happening in your life, the Republican Party will make it worse because they will not allow – like th- we have to make things very, very clear about how they want this country to run. They want it to run under a unilateral dictatorship because they were—they have broken the Senate and the, the House so thoroughly that the only way for things to be done is through executive order and hope and pray that the, the Supreme Court and the courts – some random ass judge decides that it's it's not going to be legal anymore,
0: and we can't depend on that anymore, as we can obviously see with Roe v. Wade being overturned. It's a right. totally politicized court. Uh, it, 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 we, there was always suspicion that, you know, the court is... You know, we, we say that it's the Liberals versus the Conservatives, but there were variations in in how things were voted on. Now it's so in-your-face, and on top of that, two, ju- two justices lied during their conference. Outright just lied to the cameras, lied to the Senate. Are you going to overturn Roe v. Wade? No, it's stare decisis, that's standing law. Lie, 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 lie. Who the hell can trust the Supreme Court? Not me. I, I, I don't know any attorney that, that would say, well, I'll trust the court to, to deal with this. That's, 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 that's off the table as far as I'm concerned. So that means that one-third of the checks and balances in our system are gone, and you just described how the other, one of the other thirds, the Congress generally has been emasculated and basically uh, a minority has basically overwhelmed every other aspect of it, they, they, they legally beholden to the, 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 the whims of a minority, what does that leave? That leaves the executive and the executive, if it winds up being an authoritarian, we're screwed. I mean, even without that, without a, without a checks and balance system, we've got a big problem going and we're going right in that direction. We may be there already. I, I'd like to believe there's still a possibility of pulling back, but there ain't much time left here.
1: No, it's not. It's You have to do something to energize your base, and the way to energize them is to you can't just say Republican bad. Yeah. Because Republican yeah. bad is true, but you have to—you just, you know, doing the status quo or not doing enough to help people is going to it disenfranchise people, and it's going to— allow for Republicans at the state level to make things worse. Yeah. And this is how you end up with dipshits who say, look, the, the Democrats are in control of all three branches of government, and the Republicans still manage to end Roe v. Wade. They yeah. still manage yeah. to start making uh, LGBTQ people second-class citizens. Yeah. They still yeah. did all of these things. And what are we doing at, at the federal level? And look, to be fair to Biden— a lot of the problems that he's dealing with, it's reactionary stuff because you can't you can't react progressively. Uh, you can't foresee. I mean, you could if we lived in a in, you know, like if you wanted to be honest about things like it's not Joe Biden's fault that Russia invaded Ukraine. Right. And set off. Right. Like seven different issues. Um, it's not Joe Biden's fault that we were coming out of a pandemic when he came into office and that set up multiple different issues that he has to deal with if yeah. we had in theory two more senators who actually cared about like literally anything or there was two republicans who actually had a backbone yeah things would be passed that would make a difference yeah and unfor- and, and and yes vote harder is not oh, is not a great answer but it is the bare minimum that we can do if you do not want to vote harder and you can then you have to understand what the other side will do because they're going to come out and vote and they're going to destroy everything because they do not have a policy. Their policy is to inflict as much cruelty onto as many people as possible over and over again. And this is not hyperbolic. This is every legislative goal that they do. They do not have any policy that would help the American people in a positive way, unless you are either incredibly hateful and you now have full uh, carte blanche to be as, um, as violent against people as possible, or you're exceedingly wealthy.
0: David, back in 2018, uh, I think, how long have you been doing, you've been doing the show a few years now? I'm trying to remember.
1: Right after Parkland, that's when we met. Okay,
0: Um, I remember when, just as we were leading up to the 2018 election, I I had printed up a series of business card size things, I was giving out every place I could and saying it on air, I still have a bunch of them sort of reminding myself, I said on November, whatever the date was, 2018, you will, you will cast the most important vote of your life. And I, I recall this, it was the one time that you know we were going to, it was the one way to sort of stop Trump, finally, as much as we could, and it worked, uh, well, it didn't work as well as it could have, obviously but we 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 got that far I, I I have to revise that, and I have to say that uh this november twenty twenty two uh you must we must as Americans approach this as the most important vote of our lives, or it may be one election the the last election before the twenty twenty four because it, it may be the last election that will not that might still be recognize the results might still be recognized by the majority
1: of Americans. Uh, If we don't, let's be clear. 2024 is also the most important vote of our lives.
0: Well, we have to get through 2022 first. Yeah. Okay.
1: Every, every election is the most important election until this fascist element of the Republican Party has been thoroughly ground to the dust. And the corporate wing of the Democratic Party has also been ground to the dust.
0: You got a good point. You make a very good point, David. Uh, well, this is why we play the games. Uh, and, and there's just so much that's going to happen no matter, well, no matter what we want to have happen or not have happen. But there's a, there's a great deal that is going to happen in uh, the not far distant future. And uh, we've got to keep up the pressure on ourselves and on the republicans we must actually demand that democracy survive it's not simply it, this is not a default process it is simply whatever we desire to have happen and your description of the republican mindset i think is a very sobering one and uh, a very accurate one the republicans basically simply want power for power's sake to get whatever it is they want to have for whoever is within power, within their own group. It has nothing to do with the good of the country or anything that people might actually want in their lives. It is all about power possession. And the only way we're going to stop this, for the moment, for the moment, is in the ballot box. So at least for 2022, for starters, and we gotta get past 2022 before we get to 2024 we've got to at least show and show ourselves remind ourselves that we give a damn about this thing called democracy and the exact tactics by which we do it the exact mechanisms by which we excite ourselves to get out and vote well again that's that that's why we pay play the games and that's why i am so grateful to have you uh every friday with us david or most fridays anyway uh and look forward to many many more of them in the meanwhile where is it that people can find you
1: they can find me on twitter at uh faces ideas and they can find me at uh twitch at uh twitch.tv slash fresh faces new ideas um hopefully by next week i'll have at least my instagram maybe the tiktok is well up and running
0: your 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 energy and and your output uh well you you're your, the quality of your, of your output is only matched by your energy, and, and uh, I would encourage everybody, please, listen to this guy. He's a lot younger than me, and he's going to be around, presumably, uh, if the statistics hold up for quite some time, and do some rather incredible things. Please keep an eye and an ear out for David Bach, wherever and however you can pick up his words and thoughts. Uh, And I offer you a Friday blessing of sorts. I think I can call it that, especially in the times in which we live. Uh, It's such a blessing to be able to say, after thinking about all these things and wading through it, I think it's time for us to kick back with a little jazz. Listening to Central Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. We are being held hostage legislatively at the federal level by a group of people with a 12th century mindset or fearing people with a 12th century mindset. The only way out of this to keep checks and balances functional in this country is to have a massive democratic turnout for voting in the 2022 election. Short of that,